0: O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Well, it's impeachment to the fiasco. And I say that because it's totally unnecessary. Uh, You've heard me uh, bloviate about that before. Certainly my opinion. Uh, Others disagree. Um, But if you look at the big picture, and we'll get into that, this is not a good thing for the United States of America. So we'll begin with what happened today um, on the first day of impeachment, too. There was a debate on whether it, it's unconstitutional. Uh, that's already been voted upon. 55-45 uh, in the Senate says it is constitutional, but that's not what the senators do. They're not in charge of what's constitutional or not. Supreme Court, federal courts are. Now, the big uh, hint was the chief justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts. Now, I'm not going to preside over this. And he didn't. He scooted, even though the Constitution says he's supposed to be the presiding judge in the proceeding. No Roberts. He doesn't want any part of it. Then the next in line was Kamala Harris, the vice president. Kamala, I I don't want to do it. Now, that's fascinating, isn't it? Kamala Harris could have been grandstanding, could have been there at impeachment to the fiasco. No, because the wiser heads in the Democratic Party know this is an exercise in hatred. That's all it is. That's why you're not seeing President Biden cheering for this. Oh, I'll let the Senate handle it. You know, they don't want to be associated with the hatred. They being the Democratic leadership. Now, how does that square with Schumer and Pelosi? They're partisan players. The overall hierarchy of the Democratic Party, which emanates from the Obamas, all right, Barack and Michelle, they don't really want to be tied in. They don't discourage this. They like impeachment, too, because the goal of it is to humiliate President Trump as much as possible and to marginalize anyone who might have supported President Trump, and that could be you, all right? Anybody who sticks up for him, anybody who voted for him, you guys are fringe players because look at how evil he is. So that's what the setup for it is. Now, today, as I said, it's all about whether it's constitutional or not. Okay, fine. You got more Democrats than Republicans. You got a few Republicans who hate Trump, and they'll go along with this. But it doesn't really matter. Now, tomorrow and the next day, all right, Wednesday, Thursday, Each side has 16 hours to present its case on whether Donald Trump should be convicted by the Senate of a high crime or misdemeanor. Okay, are you going to listen to 16 hours of that? I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't. I just can't. I know what they're going to say. I know the grandstanding. Uh, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'll report it because luckily I have producers (laughs) who are getting well paid to watch it. I can't. I mean, maybe a smidgen here and there, but it's just to me, it's crazy. So Wednesday, Thursday, 16 hours each side, whether they take it or not, I don't care. And then they could call witnesses, but I don't think they will. So the vote will probably be next Monday, uh, the 15th of February, and Donald Trump will most likely be acquitted. So uh, today... It was interesting. I didn't think, I told my staff in the morning meeting, I don't think the networks are going to take this. They did. CBS, NBC, and ABC blew out their daytime programming and they took uh, the opening salvos of impeachment, too. Uh, you know, they all don't like Trump. I understand that. Because people aren't going to sit through this. Regular folks aren't going to sit through it. Um, there were two sound bites I'm going to run you, and only two. Um, only for uh repertorial purposes so the democrats in the senate they want to get off to a powerful start so they put together a highlight reel of the capital attack go We're going to walk down, we're going to walk
1: down to the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, they edited out, uh, the Democrats, and this is just beyond the PAL. They edited out, we're going to walk down peacefully. So they cut that out of the president's speech. Now, that is deception at the highest level. No one more needs to be said about it. So the entire Democratic Party should be ashamed. So it's now a propaganda outfit. The entire party, that was put together by Senate Democrats. And they edited it out? Now, I'm not sticking up for Donald Trump. In fact, I'm going to hit him now. I'm going to hit the president now. But this kind of deceit, this kind of dishonesty is the hallmark of our political culture now, It's the hallmark of it. And our country is so much worse off now that we don't have any honesty at the highest levels. All right. So um, there is a congressman from Rhode Island named David Cicilline. I don't know David Cicilline. I don't know him. Um, But he made an argument that is probably the strongest argument to convict Donald Trump. Roll it.
2: But we also know how President Trump himself felt about the attack. He told us. Here's what he tweeted at 601 as the Capitol was in shambles, and as dozens of police officers and other law enforcement officers lay battered and bruised and bloodied. Here's what he said. These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love And in peace, remember this day forever.
0: Okay, so I told Donald Trump myself, um, you know, I've had a half dozen discussions in the past four years with him. Maybe a half dozen. I said, you have to understand your words can come back to haunt you, Mr. President, because you're not a businessman anymore. You're a president. You've got to be very careful about what you say and what you tweet. Mr. Trump never took my advice, ever. And he speaks and tweets emotionally, emotionally. First thing comes up, boom, boom, boom. Rather than, you know, taking a half hour to look at it, maybe I can design this artfully, whatever it may be. It is true that President Trump did not recognize the gravity of the attack on the Capitol. That is true. While it was happening, he was caught up in, well, how is this going to influence um, the certification of the vote? That's what was in a, his mind. It wasn't, this is appalling, this can't happen in America. Okay, And I know that to be true because I was privy to some of the discussions that were going on in the White House while this Capitol attack was taking place. President Trump was mesmerizing, as we all were, watching this thing. But he didn't properly put it into context, and therefore he tweeted that. And it looks bad. It looks like he didn't get the essence that this was a criminal act and should never, ever have happened. So that's the most powerful argument to impeach him. But that's not what the charges are. The charges are that he fostered the so-called insurrection, that he was behind it. That's not what happened, okay? And I can, I'm gonna prove it in a moment. One more comment on the initial uh, editing process where the Democrats put in all of this horrible stuff about police and all of that. That was done by anarchists. There were two main groups of people who stormed the Capitol. There were the Trump supporters, the fervent Trump supporters, okay? Then there were the anarchists. A lot of them on the far right who disrespect police all the time, who want to break down our system. Now, we see that um, most of the time on the far left, the Antifa people. But there are elements of anarchy on the far right as well. So they took that, um, they, the Democrats, and then put that out as like representing uh, what the pro-Trump point of view is, which again, that's propaganda. Editing out the president's peaceful words was a rank lie and deception. Okay, so the charges uh, fomenting insurrection, um, but the FBI, and we researched this thoroughly, so I'm going to be very precise, on January 5th, okay, the FBI office in Norfolk, Virginia, issued an explicit warning that extremists were preparing to travel to Washington to commit violence and war that's a quote, okay, one day before the Capitol attack. Now, if the contention is that the president's speech, which is what this is, and they actually used it on the day of the attack, was an encouragement, that this FBI report blows that right out of the water. That coupled with the exculpatory comments that President Trump made that day, January 6th, that we're going to march over there peacefully and patriotically which the democrats again this is the fourth time i'm telling you that cut out that it's over any any court civil criminal would that it's over you can't prove your case but you don't have to prove it democrats know they're going to lose they know donald trump's not going to be convicted in the senate they already know that again it's to diminish him and anyone who might support him. It's all about hate. That's what it's about. And it's a, and you get people overseas watching this and, you know, saying, what is this America? What is this United States? What does it come to there? That, that's what they're saying. All right, National Guard is still in Washington. It's costing the taxpayer about $500 million so far since January to keep them there. People ask me who's in charge of that. The Pentagon is in charge of that. Um, the District of Columbia is run by the federal government. So 5,000 troops remain. They're not needed. But President Obama wants them there. President Obama. President Biden. That's a Freudian slip if there ever was one. President Biden wants to guard there because this sends a message that far-right kooks are dangerous. That's why they're there. But it's cost in the, the taxpayer, we're up to $500 million in guard costs. Amazing, huh? It really is. Uh, really is what's happening to this country. Uh, finally, um, the Pentagon is looking for extremist people in the military, as they should. As they should. You don't want military people with firearms, perhaps on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, who are Klansmen or communists or Antifa or Proud Boys. You don't want that. All right. That's not what they're supposed to do. The military is apolitical. Now here's something fascinating that we found. All right. Current military rules permit troops to join extremist organizations. You could join Proud Boys or Antifa if you're active military, as long as they become active members. So you can't go out and demonstrate with the Proud Boys or Antifa. And obviously you can't break the law. Okay, But there's no prohibition about you signing up for some extremist group. Isn't that interesting? I did not know that. So uh, all of this, again, is propaganda coming out. Uh, and the press, forget it. You're not going to get any honest reporting, which is why you're listening and watching to me tonight. Okay. So, are we all up to speed on this uh, hate fest going on with impeachment, too? I think I've covered it fairly. If you don't think I have, please write to me immediately, bill at billoreilly.com. Bill at billoreilly.com, because tomorrow we're going to use a lot of mail. We got some tonight, too, but. If you don't think I'm fair and covering this accurately, I want to know because I think I'm giving you the best coverage that exists on the impeachment to in the country. And again, if you see somebody giving better coverage than me, please tell me because I want to watch or read it. All right, President Biden, one of the things that's going to come back to bite the president is his immigration open border policy. So we're going to have a decline in the economy under president biden mark my words it's not going to happen initially because once the covid vaccine um, is widespread then people will get back in the workplace uh, jobs will uh, come back to some extent but it's shaky it's tenuous and with biden spending this enormous amount of money and raising taxes on everybody you're already spending more on gasoline and heating as we reported That's going to hurt. So this open border policy of letting everybody in here to claim asylum, which is what this is, is going to come back to bite President Biden hard. That and the economy, I think, is going to doom his administration. I could be wrong. But my analysis says these are the two areas that he's going to have problems with. So just to refresh your memory. All right. The president uh, has signed a bunch of executive orders making it far easier for illegal aliens. I know I'm not supposed to say that. Undocumented people, undocumented migrants. That's what they are. Okay, To ensure that refugees and asylum seekers. That's two different categories. Refugees and asylum seekers have access to legal avenues in the USA. So you get here, you put one foot in Arizona, New Mexico, or Texas, you get all the rights of an American citizen, according to Joe Biden. All right, everything. So uh, Mr. Biden has ordered that the federal government will collaborate with regional partners to provide protection and opportunities to asylum seekers and migrants who get here. Now, if you're a person living in Honduras, all you need to do is see that, and you're coming. I'm going to get, All the rights. I'm going to get health care. I'm going to get everything. All right. Joe Biden. Also, uh, Mr. Biden has ordered the federal government to design uh, immigrant programs that promote integration and inclusion. Also, on January 20th, he said sanctuary cities can do whatever they want. And he rescinded President Trump's executive order 13768 that threaten to punish sanctuary cities. Now, sanctuary cities can do whatever they want, don't have to cooperate on immigration law at all. Um, Finally, uh, the president ordered on February 4th to rebuild and enhance programs to resettle refugees. That means if you get here one foot on our soil, the federal government's gonna pay to send you wherever you want to go. Wherever you wanna go, you can go at taxpayer expense. This is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And as you know, the border wall construction has stopped. It isn't being torn down yet. But this is an open border policy. Please come here. All right. Now, if I were interviewing Joe Biden, he couldn't stand up to my questioning, like, what the deuce are you doing? We cannot afford to assimilate 10, 20 million people who come here illegally. Do you not understand that, Mr. President? Joining us now from Buffalo, New York, is Matthew Kolkin. He is an immigration lawyer, part of a firm called Kolkin & Kolkin. In case you didn't get the first Kolkin, you get the second. It's Kolkin & Kolkin. It's easy to understand. All right, so um, the first question I have for you, because I know you're on this and you follow this. As soon as Joe Biden was elected, a caravan formed in Honduras, a couple of thousand people. That were going to start marching to America. But that caravan didn't make it. What happened? Well, apparently it was
2: broken up uh, somewhere in Guatemala by the authorities there uh, who used force against the individuals that were attempting to cross through their border to Mexico to be able to make their way to the United States. Um, a lot of the people that were in the uh, caravan elected to be returned back home. Uh, others uh, dispersed and uh, presumably are making their way to the northern, or to the southern border, northern Mexican border.
0: Why would the Guatemalan military do that now when they didn't do that uh, a number of other times in the past? Do you know why they did that? There isn't any specific indication why they would do that, but uh,
2: presumably because they're enforcing their own immigration laws.
0: Nah, it can't be that. Now, I noticed that Joe biden promised guatemala honduras and el salvador uh 15 billion dollars five to each country could that have anything to do with this that that aid that gift that biden wants to send down there uh is a quid pro quo silent quid pro quo you gotta help us control these caravans is that possible
2: well follow the money as they say bill uh it's it seems like um uh President Biden has had a a long history of uh, using financial incentives to get what he wants.
0: Okay, but what does he want? I mean, it seems that President Biden wants as many people, undocumented people, to come into the country as possible. Do you believe that?
2: Based on this change in policy, I do, because he's created a huge incentive for individuals to circumvent the, the lawful process of entering the United States if they are asylum seekers. And Many of these individuals have viable claims for asylum. But the problem is, is that in order to be able to obtain asylum in the United States, it's a long process and our courts are completely overwhelmed with 1.3 million pending deportations. It can take up to three years to go from the beginning of a, of a removal proceeding, asylum only removal proceeding to the end in certain jurisdictions. And quite candidly, we just can't handle it.
0: And, and you can... You have to wait now. So President Trump put them back into Mexico to wait. Now they can wait in the USA, Mm -hmm. correct? Correct. He has um, changed the policy
2: and returned to something called catch and release, which allows individuals who are encountered uh, unlawfully attempting to enter the United States to be served with a charging document called the Notice to Appear, which will allow them to appear at a later date uh, before an immigration court setting if they're able to uh, pass through some preliminary Flaming hoops to assess whether or not they have a reasonable fear of return to their home country.
0: Yeah, and that's not hard to do. I mean, because these countries are out of control and violent in Central America and Mexico as well. Now, you represent a lot of legal immigrants, people who are coming here legally, and that's an arduous process as well, right?
2: Very much so. Uh, And the law is stacked against most people to come here legally. And that's the problem. We've put. President Biden has put the, the cart before the horse here. You need to fix the legal mechanisms to allow individuals to come to the United States in a way that benefits both those immigrants as well as the United States economy and, and Americans. Uh, and once you put that in place, then there will no longer be a need to come to the United States unlawfully. Um, and ironically, who knew this the most was was President uh, Obama and uh, former Secretary Clinton, uh, Obama uh, used his uh, federal resources to prosecute 52% of all federal criminal offenses were um, immigration-related crimes in his, when he left office. And, and when Hillary Clinton was running for, for president, she basically said, just because you get to the border doesn't mean you get a right to stay.
0: So, so Biden Biden has Biden has gone 180 degrees opposite from Obama and Clinton. I I call it an open border policy because the incentives, as you just stated, are so strong for people. to Look, if if I want to come to the United States, do I go to you, have to pay you a fee, have to stand on a line for a year and a half at least until I get a green card or, or permission to come here? Or do I just go down, hire some guy to walk me across the Rio Grande and I know I'm in for four or five years and I just say I need asylum because there's a drug gang on my block that's going to kill me if I go back
2: under President Biden the, the latter explanation is the viable path just as simple there's as no that doubt about my late it. right my late wife was a refugee she had she came from from the former Soviet Union they had to wait a number of years to be able to get to this country and uh and had to go to an, a third country first before they were able to enter the United States and uh, a great risk to themselves, they did it the right way. Um, and they, they, uh, that's the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, unfortunately for individuals that are coming from Central America, they are, they're trapped in a burning building. And there is no legal mechanism that will allow them to come to the United States lawfully right now.
0: All right, council. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. And again, I believe that this will backlash against President Biden. I don't know when, but I think it will. Okay, let's go to fascism on college campuses. This is becoming a major problem in this country. Um, The corporate media will not report on it. But you have now um, some major college campuses in the United States that are now run on a fascist basis. They're fascists, which means that there are rules being set up that violate all of our constitutional rights. So you're paying to go to a college and when you got on a campus, all your rights evaporate. Let me give you some examples. Georgetown University, a Catholic school, for years has sponsored a conference on life because the Catholic faith says that life is sacred, all life. All right. So they had a conference forever. Well, now that conference is being uh, challenged by people on the campus that say pro-life speakers in an optional event. You don't have to attend this event if you're a student at Georgetown, it's optional. But just having pro-life speakers on campus or even virtual, all right, makes these students feel unsafe, unsafe. So they want the college to ban this. The group is called Hoyas for choice. All right. So I'm going to quote there what they want. This is unbelievable. Um, The petition has 600 members signing it and they say that they have trigger warnings when people speak about uh, not supporting abortion and they are racist, homophobic, transphobic, They want these are all the people who stick up for pro-life organizations. They call them all of these names. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Now, we we wanted to get some kind of administrative response to this, but we can't. We don't have it. They even object to Dr. Alveda King, Martin Luther King's granddaughter. All right. For her opposition to same sex marriage. So she shouldn't go on the campus. I mean, it's incredible. So I'm going to follow that story. I told you, um, it was about a year ago, that Georgetown has collapsed as far as a Catholic university is concerned. It's collapsed. Unlike other Catholic colleges that haven't, Georgetown has. I know a lot of people went to Georgetown. How about my alma mater? This is the Kennedy School at Harvard, Okay. So now, the Harvard Kennedy School Equity Coalition has issued a series of demands to the school. Now, for background, I have a master's degree in public administration from the Kennedy School at Harvard. When I attended, it was great. I learned a tremendous amount. And most of the instructors were very knowledgeable and fair. Now, that seems to have changed. Demand number one, a semester-long course on global racism, colonialism, and public policy mandatory for all master's degree programs. So I would have to take this. Okay. Number two, conduct a comprehensive public audit of all Kennedy School curricula and research using an anti-racist, anti-colonial lens. That means that the fascists go in and say, you can't teach this, you can teach that. Number three, implement anti-racism workshops biannually for all students, faculty, staff. And number four, create a system of accountability between Kennedy School administration, faculty, staff, and students. The system of accountability is if you don't think like we do, you're expelled. That's what it is. This is fascism at Harvard. So now we have Georgetown and Harvard. And look, I could give you, I could give you a hundred of them. Now, this is a little lighter. I'm going to take it down a little bit because I'm I'm a little agitated. (laughs) These are some of the courses being offered this semester in some of the nation's largest colleges. NYU, New York University. Reducing harmful interactions, okay? If you take this course, you will understand how implicit bias and microaggressions work and what impact they have so you can stamp them out. This entire program, the No Spin News, is a microaggression. I hope everybody understands that. Well, let's go over to Tulane in New Orleans. Feminism after Trump-landia. That's the name of the course, feminism after Trump. Trumplandia will introduce students to radical feminists and they name a few of them who think that pregnancy is barbaric and should be replaced with ectogenesis, a process through which embryos are brought to term in artificial wounds. This is a Tulane. All right. How about uh, Arizona State University? Black Mirrors, Race, Gender, Sex, and Technology. The course will apprise students of subjects like foundations of intersectional identities as they are found across genres where conceptions of race, gender, and sexuality are reflected or contested in scientific notions. I have no blanket idea what that sentence means. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go to the University of Massachusetts Amherst. All right. Ready? This is a course. From Shrek to Killing Eve, gender and pop culture. One of the topics in the course, did Shrek promote misogyny? A cartoon character. Of course he did. This is what's happening in a nation's university. COVID and booze, all right? Uh, Cirrhosis of the liver. If you booze a lot, your liver is going to be diseased. This is up in the following hospitals University of Michigan, Northwestern, Harvard, Mount Sinai Health System, New York City. Liver disease up 50% in the last year. Patients with liver disease die of COVID at rates three times higher than those without it. So people are boozing. All right. Alcohol related deaths spiked to their highest level since records began in Great Britain since COVID. Drug overdoses. 18% increase in suspected overdoses during the pandemic. All right, 55% of uh, Americans in a late poll, okay, a survey sponsored by Recovery Village. 55% report an increase in alcohol su- uh, consumption. 36% an increase in illicit drug use. So everybody's getting drunk and stoned. Uh, during the pandemic, and it's impacting on health. Cancel Culture, PBS, Ken Burns, you know him? He put out The Civil War and Baseball, a number of other fine documentaries. He is a very nice guy. I know him. Very liberal. Anyway, a producer named Grace Lee wants him canceled because he's white and he's male, and he represents one man's lens of America. There's the woman who wants, wants him canceled. And PBS should not use Ken Burns. All right, but PBS says they'll still use him. Cancel culture. All right, Super Bowl uh, 55, lowest rating since 2007. But a lot of people are watching it on the Internet then. But it wasn't a highly rated game. I think people, uh, you know, they're a little mad at the uh, professional sports leagues. Finally, this day in history, 50 years ago, all in the family, Put on an episode about gays. Roll it. Who's the big cheese you're having here for lunch? Roger. Roger the fairy? All
2: right. right. (laughs) Did you hear that, Edith? You know who they're
0: bringing around here for lunch? Roger, sweetie, point Roger. All right, Roger, cut it out, huh?
2: Just their friend,
0: Dodge. Listen, Edith, we run a decent home here. And we don't need any any
1: strange little birdies flying in and out. Daddy, you stop that. Roger's not a strange little birdie.
0: His pal, Roger, is as queer as a $4 bill, and he knows it.
1: That's not only cruel, Daddy, that's an outright lie. You know
0: something, Archie? Just because a guy is sensitive and, and, and he's an intellectual and he wears glasses,
2: you make him out of queer.
0: All right, that's Norman Lear. And, and Norman Lear uh, really did the country. A great service because I was a high school teacher right then right in that year 1971 and there were gay kids and effeminate kids in my school and they were bullied like crazy and I stuck up for them I saw it firsthand because that's why I pull this clip because it's February 9th 1971 in 1971 I was in the classroom I saw it so by poking fun and Carol O'Connor was brilliant obviously But by poking fun, it made bigoted people, people who were, you know, asparaging gays, it made them maybe take a step back. And it was the first step in knocking that stuff out. It still goes on today, but it's not nearly what it was 50 years ago. All right, take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, some mail and a final thought about me and COVID. Okay. Let's do some mail, shall we? Jan on the message board. Typically, a strident leftist, Bruce Springsteen, enriches himself by several million, making a commercial for Jeep powered by fossil fuel. Interesting point, Jan. Hope he enjoys the wealth tax coming as way. Interesting point. Uh, all right. Bill, I thought the Jeep ad was good. No violence. Lots of crosses in a church. Wide open America. Didn't realize... The guy was Springsteen, nor was I aware of his radical leaning. All right, you got to get in the game. (laughs) Bruce, a big left guy. Michelle, concierge member. Thank you, Michelle. She has direct access to me. I will never buy a Jeep. Thank you to Jeep for telling me exactly who you are and what you stand for. I like it when I know outright. Okay. Uh, David Comer, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So would it not be possible for President Trump's lawyers to demand that evidence, the voting machines that allegedly contain irregularities, be subpoenaed and expertly examined by expert during his impeachment trial? No, it's not a criminal trial. It's Not a criminal trial. no evidence can be demanded. This is just a dog and pony show in the Senate. Marianne LaBriola, I got it, Marianne. New York City, Mr. O'Reilly, I'm emailing you in regard to January 6th insurrection capital. Were there any Antifa or Black Lives Matter participants? We found one Antifa. I think there were others, but not in great numbers. There were a lot of anarchists, but mostly on the right, far right. David, concierge member, when you bill, when you stated your comments about how poorly New York State is run with Andrew Cuomo's governor, you mentioned the recall effort with my state and Governor Newsom. Does New York have a recall process? No. New York State does not have a recall process. Now, Newsom is in trouble, serious trouble. Milton Rivera, Piscataway, New Jersey. Bill, what happened to Lou Dobbs? We need to get the truth. Fox don't want him anymore. There's a lot of changes going on over there, as everybody knows. They just didn't want him. Um, It's their company. Martin Mannix, Venice, Florida. Bill, you keep saying how corrupt the media is. I agree, but what can we do about it? Don't watch it. Don't read it. Walk away. Lawrence Peck, Plano, Texas, all public schools in Dallas-Fort Worth area open, except for downtown Dallas, which is a total mess run by Democrats. There is no teachers union in Texas. Interesting. Judy Howard, Clarendon, North Carolina, loved your coverage today. You made me laugh several times. I'm so happy being a premium member. BillO'Reilly.com premium and concierge membership. Please check it out. I think you'll be happy just like Judy. Margot Freer, Medford, Oregon. Absolutely right about Harry and David. I live in Medford where they're located. And we've complained about the quality of their products and they don't care. Not going to rub it in, but that was my experience with them. Mary Battle, Florence, Arizona. Ordered a blue mug for my son-in-law. And now my daughter has stolen it. Stand up for your country. I just ordered her the white one. Best mugs on earth. Stand up for your country. BillO'Reilly.com store has it. When writing to us, oh, by the way, no, 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 not before. You buy any three of my books, you get a free stand up for your country hat. Pretty good deal. You pre order Killing the Mob, 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. Another good deal. Word of the day, when writing to us, do not be J-June, jejune. J E J U N E. Back with a final thought on me and COVID in a moment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's eight seven seven four 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 gold or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, final thought of the day. I had two close calls with COVID this week. I've been very careful from the beginning. I knew it was bad. Um, I don't go into groups. Uh, I do wear the dopey mask. Don't like the mask. Uh, but I stay out of um, anywhere that a lot of people are. I do go to restaurants. Occasionally, not a lot, but they're open here on Long Island. So I was supposed to have lunch with a friend of mine, and he called me up and said, I'm not feeling that well. I said, all right, we'll postpone. Yes, COVID. Whew. Another friend of mine I was supposed to have over for a Super Bowl party. Said, ah, I'm not feeling so well. I said, all right, you know, take it easy. It's COVID. Two in one week. And I'm uh, going to mass saying, hey, thank you, God. <laughs> That's scary. So the only reason I'm telling you this is that this will subside by summer because the vaccinations are going to ramp up. But you got to really be careful until you get the shots. Once you get the shots, you're probably not going to get it. But until that time, discipline, discipline. This thing is everywhere. I mean, and these are cautious people. These aren't crazy people who are jumping up and down drunk in Tampa after the game. It's not who these people are. (laughs) So it's bad. I don't want you to get sick. Because if you get sick, then the people you love around you could, very careful. A few more months, we'll get this under control. Thank you for watching us tonight. We will see you tomorrow.